Good evening. Welcome again, brothers and sisters in the faith. Tonight we're going to study uh, and look at the answers to the common questions that people have concerning our observance of what we call Yahusha's Supper. So first of all, what is Yahusha's Supper all about? Let's begin our studies in the book of Matthew 26, 26 to 28. And as they were eating, Yahusha took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So what is Yahusha's supper all about? It's about what Yahusha inaugurated on that day of Passover, the 14th of Aviv. And what did he do? He took bread, blessed it, and gave it to his disciples. Then he said, take, eat, this is my body. And after giving the bread, what also did our king Yahushua do? He took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. And so Yahushua's supper is all about the eating of bread and the drinking from the cup. However, we need to understand the meaning behind this. What is the purpose? What is the meaning? of the eating of the bread and the drinking from the cup. Yahusha says in verse 28, for this is my blood of the new covenant. And so when we observe, when we celebrate, when we partake of Yahusha's supper, what we are doing is commemorating what Yahusha inaugurated or started, which is the new covenant. So it's not simply eating and drinking. It's about celebrating the new covenant that was initiated by our king Yahushua. Now, how did he initiate this covenant? Let's read the book of Hebrews 9, 12 to 15. Now, with the blood of goats and calves, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he, Yahusha, is the mediator of the new covenant, by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who were called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. So how did our King Yahushua become instrumental in establishing the new covenant, which is what we're commemorating when we partake of Yahushua's supper? The Bible says Yahushua became the mediator of the new covenant by means of what? by means of his death. This is why when we partake of Yahushua's supper, we commemorate the death of our king, Yahushua, because by means of his death, he becomes the mediator of the new covenant. Now, what is the new covenant about? It's different from the first covenant. Remember, the purposes of the covenant is to bring people right before Yahuwah, Abba, to be able to serve God, that's what the covenant is all about. How can a person like you and I become put right or justified before Yahuwah? 
In the first covenant, how was a person justified? How was a person who's a sinner put right before God? Well, according to what we read, by means of the blood of goats and calves, that is uh, using the ceremonies during the Old Testament under the law of Moses, people were purified in their flesh and were able to serve the living God. So it was effective during the Old Testament times. People who went through the process of cleansing by means of offering the blood of goats and calves, they became put right with Yahuwah Abba. That's under the first covenant. Under the new covenant, Yahushua changed that because instead of offering the blood of goats and calves, he offered himself. Can you imagine, right? The power that brings upon the redemption of mankind because Yahushua is not only the perfect son of God, he would be the perfect offering or sacrifice. So by means of his own blood, what has become of the way by which people are put right with God. Bible says because of the sacrifice, he obtained eternal redemption. This is why there is no need to repeat what Yahusha had done on the cross. We no longer practice the process of redemption, the ceremonial laws given during the Old Testament because Yahusha has already completed that. We no longer have to go to those ceremonies. And because of the eternal redemption, what can we hope for under the new covenant mediated by Yahushua? Eternal inheritance, salvation for our souls. This is why we celebrate on the day we partake of Yahushua's supper, the new mediator, the mediator of the new covenant, which is our king, Yahushua. This is why we partake of the supper of Yahushua by drinking from the one cup, which symbolizes his what? His blood and his death. But we also eat from the one bread that is broken into pieces and given to us. So what does that symbolize? We know the cup symbolizes the blood. Or what does the body or the, the bread symbolize? Corinthians 11, 23 to 24. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Yahushua, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So what does the bread represent? It is his body. Why is it broken? Because it was broken for us. This is why the one bread is broken into different pieces and we eat, we all each eat from the one bread because the one bread was broken for us. Now, what does that mean? What does the broken body of Yahushua represent? Isaiah 53, 4 down to 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And so the punishment and the suffering that Yahushua endured that represents the broken body, the broken piece, the, the broken bread that we also partake of. You see, Yahushua not only died, 
he also suffered because he was bo he bore our griefs and our sorrows in himself. And so he was stricken, smitten, afflicted, wounded, bruised, the suffering brought about by sin. He took upon himself. And so he was broken because of this. So when we partake of the supper of Yahushua, we must remember his death and his suffering. The death by means of the cup that we drink is suffering the broken body of Yahushua to commemorate the death of our king Yahushua. So the eating of bread, the drinking from the cup to commemorate the new covenant inaugurated by Yahushua through his death and shed blood. This is the meaning of Yahushua's supper. This is why we shall partake of it because we want to remember, we want to commemorate, we want to be a part of the new covenant of our king and Mashiach Yahushua. So we're going to eat bread and we're also gonna drink from the one cup, right? Now, when it says eat bread, what kind of bread are we going to eat? What kind of bread is it? What do you think? Is it unleavened bread or regular bread? It's been a debate some, among scholars because when we look at the passage in the Gospels where Yahushua establishes the covenant, they look at this passage, for example, and as they were eating, Yahushua took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. This is part of the supper, right? Takes the bread, breaks it, uh, blesses it and breaks it and gives it to the disciples. When we look at the Greek word for bread, it, the Greek word used is arton which means regular bread or, gener or bread in general. So it doesn't specify unleavened bread, but it could be any kind of bread, including uh, leavened bread. And so there are some scholars who say, when it comes to partaking of the Lord's Supper or what we call Yahushua's Supper, any bread will do. However, when it comes to this passage, Context, context, and context is the key. Because when Yahushua gave the bread by which they are to partake of, what occasion was it? In verse 24 or 25, it says, now on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat thee? Passover. So how do we know what kind of bread we are going to eat? Look at the context. When Yahushua established his supper of the new covenant, it was on what occasion? It was on Passover, when the Passover lambs were killed. Sometimes in New Testament, in the New Testament, the whole eight-day celebration, the first day, I mean the uh, Passover day and the seven days of unleavened bread, it became known as the unleavened bread celebration or the feast of unleavened bread. But it begins with the first day, which is Passover, and then the seven days of unleavened bread. And so when Yahushua established that covenant, when he gave the bread to eat and the cup by which they are to drink from, it was on Passover. And on Passover, what kind of bread is eaten? What is it? It is unleavened bread. And we know that the Passover, the uh, Yahushua's Supper is full of symbols. 
like the bread symbolizes something, right? The cup or the juice symbolizes something. And so the leaven also symbolizes something. And it's not something that you want to include when we observe Passover. Why not? Because if you go back to the book of Exodus 12, 18, 20, the first month, on the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses. Since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a stranger or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwellings, you shall eat unleavened bread. So it's quite clear during the Passover celebration, including unleavened bread, leaven was removed not only from the bread, but even from the home. And if anyone eats unleavened bread, what is the instruction? You are to be cut off from the congregation of Israel. So it's highly unlikely when they ate the bread during the time when Yahusha establishes the covenant, it's referring to any kind of bread, but specifically what kind? Unleavened bread. And this is even emphasized by Apostle Paul in Corinthians 5, 7 to 8. Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So Apostle Paul emphasized unleavened bread. However, in order to truly satisfy the requirement and the spirit of the law, not only must we keep away from leavened bread, we must also keep away from malice and wickedness. And so during the first century, according to the Bible and according to Christian history and according to Christian tradition, the bread that was used was unleavened bread. And so what we're going to use is unleavened bread. And so what does that mean for all of us? We're going to partake of Yahusha's Supper. Well, you need to bake your own bread or you can buy unleavened bread, right? You can probably go to a bake shop, a local bake shop who, know how to, who knows how to make unleavened bread. You can go to a Jewish um, bakery, especially during this season. There are many who are providing um, unleavened bread or prepare, preparing and baking lots and lots of unleavened bread. So now is the time to go get your supply of unleavened bread. Or you can watch the video and we will teach you how to make unleavened bread and also give you other guidelines. And we do recommend that you really, you go back to that video that we showed last year and we will give that to you once you register. Those who will participate in with the assembly in observing Yahusha's Supper, we recommend you to register uh, with us and to register, please go to the Assembly of Yahusha website, right? This is how the webpage of the assembly looks like. It is assemblyofyahusha.org, okay? It's not churchofyahusha.org, that's different. It's not um, uh, other, other, other names that people use like um, yahusha.org. It is assemblyofyahusha.org. 
www.ecofactor.org. And so it looks something like this. And on the web page, you're going to look at different tabs, right? And so we have the events page, the events. If you click on the events, it will take you to a page. And when you go down, you will see this registration information. Yahusha's Passover, register today. Click on register today. And then we will give you the link and also the Zoom ID so that you can participate for Yahusha's Supper. Now, if you don't want to make your own bread for some reason, you can go to Walmart or Trader Joe's or Costco or your local bake shop. And perhaps you can buy like a matzos. I mean, uh, this is uh, available in some regular stores, like, like I said, Walmart, Walmart, Trader Joe. You can buy while supplies last because they're getting up, they're going off the shelves really fast. And so while you have the opportunity, you can go ahead and supply yourself with a lot of unleavened bread, not only for the observance of Yahushua's Supper, but also throughout the festival of unleavened bread. So if you do make your own bread, question is, well, how big must the bread be, right? Well, it depends on how many is going to partake of Yahushua's Supper together with you. Because it's common, especially now when COVID restrictions become uh, less and less and less, uh, more and more people are gathering together. There are some people who are gathering in one house, like three or four families in one house. There are some who are renting different venues and they go there for the celebration of Yahushua's Passover. So during the Christian era, it was quite common during the festivals that they would go to Jerusalem, right? And a lot of inns or hotels they would rent out to pilgrims, Jewish pilgrims. So they would go there, meet together in some inn or some room, and they would celebrate Passover. So if you're going to celebrate together with a group of people, we, you need to make sure that you have a good number. You have to have, you need to know exactly how many is going to partake of the, uh, the Passover meal, right? We don't, it doesn't mean we're going to give them ribbons, Okay, you have the orange ribbon, you got the white ribbon, hey, I'll trade you my white ribbon for your orange ribbon. We're not going to do that, but we need to make sure that we know how many are going to partake because we need to know how big the bread is going to be, right? Because the bread should be made according to the number of participants and the size of each piece that you break it into should not be so big that it takes you more than two minutes to consume. Okay, maybe two or three bites at the most maybe, right? So that you can finish your piece, your share of the bread within two minutes. That should be absolute maximum, okay? And so that is how we are going to partake of the bread, unleavened bread that we can bake or we can buy, but we need to prepare ahead of time. Now, what are we gonna drink, right? We know what we're gonna eat, but what are we gonna drink from the one cup? In the book of Luke 22, 17 to 18, and he took the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so when Yahushua in Luke 22 gave the cup, what did it contain? A drink of the fruit of the vine. And so what does that mean? It's basically what we call grape juice. But when we uh, prepare the grape juice, let's make sure it is not mixed with sugar or other flavors because when you go to the store and buy grape juice, sometimes the grape juice is mixed with other fruits, like a cocktail. So it should not be a cocktail. 
it should be 100% grape juice, no sugar added, okay? One kind is Kedem. Another, another one I believe is Welch's, but you can go to your grocery store like Walmart, Trader Joe's, Costco. I don't know, does Costco sell grape juice? I'm not too sure, perhaps they do. But Kedem is a recommended brand. Well, how much juice per cup? Well, the amount of juice, again, is depending on how many participants. And so not only are you, are you going to prepare the juice, you're going to prepare the couplets, right? And so if you have 10 couplets, make sure that you prepare enough juice to fill all 10 couplets. And so we're gonna eat the bread, we're going to drink from the juice, but how can we participate? Because we're all from different places throughout the world. Right? Some will be from Africa, some from Europe, some from the Philippines, some from Canada, some from the United States, some from Hawaii. We're going to be from different places throughout the world. How are we going to participate uh, in Yahusha's Supper? What's the answer? <laughs> Via internet. But who, who gets to participate? Right? Who should participate in Yahusha's Supper? Because we have many people throughout the world who are observing and watching and joining us for worship, but who really should participate? Well, we get a clue in the book of Exodus 12, 48 to 49. If there are foreigners living among you who want to celebrate Yahushua's Passover, let all their males be circumcised. Only then may they celebrate the Passover with you like any native-born Israelite. But no uncircumcised male may ever eat the Passover meal. This instruction applies to everyone, whether a native-born Israelite or a foreigner living among you. So during the Old Testament times, for a person to, be, to partake of the Passover meal, they have to be circumcised if they were male, right? If you are not circumcised, well, you could not partake of the meal, but you can partake of the, the, the celebration. You can be included in the service and the celebration. You just cannot partake of the actual meal. And so what that means, how that translates during our time, those who will partake of the bread and drink from the one cup should be those who are circumcised. Oh, wait a minute, brother. What do you mean circumcised? Yeah, they have to be circumcised. You mean even during the Christian era, they still have to be circumcised? Yes. Well, how can they be circumcised today? And how do we know if they're circumcised? Well, let's go ahead and read the book of Colossians 2, 11 to 12. Apostle Paul says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And so before those who, uh, who, want, those who want to participate, partake of Yahushua's Supper, they need to first be circumcised. How, how will they be circumcised? Yahushua will be the one to circumcise them. Not me or anyone else, okay? But Yahushua is going to be the one to do the circumcision. What kind of circumcision? spiritual circumcision. How can they do that if they come to Christ? What does it mean that they come to Christ? Not only do they say, I believe in Yahushua, they're baptized into the body of 
Yahushua. Because when a person is baptized into the body of Yahushua, all the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament has been fulfilled in their identity with Yahushua. This is why they are technically circumcised. Technically, they are of Israel because of Yahushua. And so Yahushua will be the one to spiritually circumcise them by means of baptism. This is why before we partake of the supper, there are those who are going to actually receive baptism on Wednesday. So Wednesday, we have a baptism. Uh, Thursday, we have Yahushua's Passover. And so those who are leading the preparatory prayers, we need to include also the preparation for baptism that will be done the day before our celebration of the supper, Yahushua's supper. So those who are going to partake are those who are baptized into union with Christ, Yahushua. And so we're going to have, uh, we're going to partake together uh, the Yahushua supper on the appointed time. But question comes up, aren't we supposed to only have one bread to break and one cup, one cup to drink from? Because if you have all these different homes and different places where people are gathered together, to celebrate Yahushua's Passover or Yahushua's Supper, then doesn't that mean we're going to have different breads when there's supposed to be only one bread? Are we supposed to only have one bread? Yes or no? Yes. Corinthians 10 verse 17. And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Why must we eat only from one loaf of bread? To represent that we belong to just one body. Whose body is that? The one body of our king, Yahushua. We are baptized into one body, not many bodies, but one body. And so when we partake of Yahushua's supper, we eat from just one bread. But when Apostle Paul says, though we are many, we all eat from the one loaf of bread. That one loaf of bread, who is that for? Well, let's keep reading in Corinthians, we read 10, 17. Let's go to Corinthians 11, 33, 34. So then, my friends, when you gather together to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. And if any of you are hungry, you should eat at home so that you will not come under God's judgment as you meet together. As for the other matters, I will settle them when I come. So when Apostle Paul says we eat from one loaf of bread, that one loaf of bread is for who? It's for those who are gathered together in one place. There are some who are in their homes when they partake of the supper, in their own homes. There are some who are gathered together in an inn or in somebody else's house. And so if we are observing the supper in, in one as a congregation in one place, we should have only one bread. And so if we're meeting together, for example, in somebody's house, maybe five families in one house, we should have just one bread for the five families. If you're meeting together in your own house and you have five kids and they really eat a lot, you should have still only one bread for everyone. Just make, maybe make it a little big, right? And so one, when it says one loaf of bread to be partaken by everyone who will participate, it is for that one place, that one who will meet together. This is why they can share in that one loaf of bread but for us because we're so far apart from each other right every part every venue they're going to have their own piece of bread but make sure it's only one bread and what is the purpose of this again 
17-18, though we are many, we shall eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. And how do we show that? And then Apostle Paul says, think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? This is why during the days of these festivals, to show their unity, the people would travel and make a pilgrimage three times a year, right, all the way to Jerusalem during unleavened bread, during Pentecost, and during shelters. These are the three main festivals, because when you really think about it, although there are seven, the first three are in one, one common time, right, the first three. And so that's one pilgrimage. And then you have Pentecost. That's another pilgrimage. And then you have shelters. That's another pilgrimage. Although there are three feasts in the shelters, just like there are three feasts in unleavened bread, it's still considered one big feast. Okay, so three pilgrimages, and they all go to Jerusalem. And at the same time, they celebrate these festivals. So we show our unity not just by having one loaf of bread for every congregation or for every venue or household, but also the fact that we're going to do it together. This is why we gave you the schedule for our Passover, which is April the 14th. We're going to be together. We're all going to celebrate together in one city as we, as we observe Yahusha's Supper. Now, when we celebrate Yahusha's Supper, when we eat the bread and drink from the cup, question is, who's going to be serving, right? Who will be the one to serve? Well, preferably a deacon, an elder, or if the deacon is sickly and perhaps not strong enough to, to serve, it could be the head of the household. Well, what if the head of the household is a woman, maybe a mother? That's fine. The truth is, the Bible doesn't specify who can and who cannot serve. Truth is, we don't really need someone to serve. What we need is it's prepared because we who belong to our King Yahusha, we have rights and privileges given to us by our King and our Mashiach Yahusha, which was taught by Apostle Peter 2, 4 to 5 and 9. Come to the Lord, the living stones rejected by people as worthless, but chosen by God as valuable. Come as living stones and let yourselves be used in building a spiritual temple where you will serve as holy priests to offer spiritual and acceptable sacrifices to God through Yahusha Christ. But you are the chosen race, the king's priests, the holy nation, God's own people chosen to proclaim the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into his own marvelous light. So we cannot say, oh, you are not a deacon. You cannot serve that. Oh, you are only 20 years old. You are only 15 years old. You cannot serve. It's not about how old you are. It's not about your quote-unquote office that you have. It's about you belong to Yahushua. Do you belong to our King Yahushua? Were you baptized into his body? If that's the case, then the Bible says we have become priests and kings. We have the right to partake and to give of the supper of Yahusha, because we are considered the king's priests, the king's priest, we can fulfill these types of observances because we are authorized to do so by our king and Mashiach Yahusha. Well, what if you're by yourself? If you're by yourself. Um, 
I mean, if I were you, I mean, it's, it's possible, right? Because maybe you are living in isolation, maybe you're in Alaska, and the closest person who you, you share the same faith with is somewhere in California, maybe. And so it's highly unlikely that you can make the travel, although that would be really nice to make the travel so that you can be together with other believers. But we all know that's sometimes not possible, especially during these times when we have COVID and we have the high cost of travel. And so it's not always feasible to make that trek. However, if we are by ourselves, we can still participate, make the bread the right size for yourself, pour the juice on the one couplet. There should be no leftovers, but if there are, bury them immediately after the service. And so we just need to prepare. If you're by yourself, prepare for yourself. But you are really not alone because with the wonderful technology available for, uh, to us today, we can all participate together. So even if you're by yourself in Alaska, we are together as an assembly when we partake of Yahusha's Supper. So how do we prepare uh, for Yahusha's Supper? How about the, the venue? What do we need to do? Let's read the book of Mark 14, 12 to 15. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the day the lambs or the Passover meal were killed, Yahusha's disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and to get the Passover meal ready uh, for you? Then Yahusha sent two of them with these instructions, go into the city and the man carrying a jar of water will meet you, follow him to the house he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher says, where is the room where my disciples and I will eat the Passover meal? Then he will show you a large upstairs room fixed up and furnished where you will get everything ready for us. The disciples left, went to the city and found everything just as Yahusha had told them and they prepared the Passover meal. And so when Yahusha established uh, the, the Yahusha supper, when he gave the bread to eat and the juice to drink, and then he says, this is the blood of my new covenant. Drink of it, eat of it, right? When he said that, he actually prepared the place when he established that supper. And so how do we prepare Yahushua's supper? First, we need the room, right? We need some kind of room. It should be clean, suitable. If you have your place where, because in many of the homes, many of those who belong to the assembly of Yahusha, they have a dedicated room where they part, participate in worship every Sabbath, right? We have our worship service, our worship gathering. You have your room and you have that set for that purpose. And so if that is the case and we can just prepare that room, make sure it's clean, make sure it's suitable, right? Let's just, it's, we should not just go there and the room is not prepared. We should take the time to clean the room, prepare the rooms that we're going to use. Because remember, when we partake of Yahushua's Supper, who are we honoring? We're honoring Yahushua. We're going to remember his death and sacrifice. So it's but right that we prepare even the room out of our reverence for our king, Yahushua. What else must we do? Let us uh, get the furnishings ready. And so what are some furniture that we need? We need to have tables and chairs that are presentable. Okay, we can even decorate the table. There are some who place a nice cloth over the table. Some even like to decorate it with purple or, or maroon, right? And so that's fine. What else? 
Bible says, get everything ready for us, prepare the Passover meal. So everything that needs to be prepared must be prepared, like the bread. It should be inside the Ziploc on a nice plate, serving plate, right? And then we can also prepare the cup, uh, the chalice. Doesn't have to be a nice, uh, big, big chalice, just the right size for the right amount of juice. And, they, and we can also have the tray containing the couplets. So for example, you can have the table. This is a table that you can prepare, right? It's a normal table, you can just put nice cloth over it. And then you can place a tray table, right? You put the bread in the Ziploc and have it on a tray. And then you can have your nice cup. You can pour the juice ahead of time. You can also have a tray that has couplets. So you have the juice, the cup containing the juice, you have the tray that has the bread, you have the tray that has the couplets. And so you are ready for your Passover meal. You're ready for Yahushua's supper. So this needs to be prepared before the service starts so that we're not scrambling before the service starts. Oh, what are we gonna do? Is the bread cooked already, right? Is the bread ready already? We need to prepare that ahead of Time. So once we prepare all of this and we have leftovers, what are we to do with leftovers? In the book of Exodus 12.10, you must not leave any of it until morning. If any is left over, it must be burned. And so during our time, the leftover bread and juice that have been blessed or prayed for must be buried immediately after the service. You can go outside in the backyard, get your shovel ready, just bury the leftover bread and juice. Now, remember, keep in mind, we're still, um, COVID is not behind us completely yet, right? And so if you're going to meet together uh, in someone's house, two or three families, or if you're going to lead your own household, you have a large household, let us continue to practice uh, COVID safety protocol. So number one, the one preparing the bread should wash hands, wash your hands, wear a mask, and wear gloves. Number two, the one serving should wash hands, wear masks, and wear gloves. The table should be disinfected. Uh, the utensils should be thoroughly cleaned. Uh, if there are any members of the household who have the symptoms, <laughs> they should be in isolation, right? And number six, practice social distancing. Now, this is just common sense, right? Because we're gonna meet together, two or three families in one place. We don't want anyone to contract the disease because of what we have observed, okay? So we just wanna practice safety at all times. Now, what other activities will we have during the observance of Yahushua's Supper? In the book of Corinthians 11, 23 to 25, for I received from the Lord the teaching that I passed on to you. The Lord Yahushua, on the night he was betrayed, took a piece of bread, gave thanks to God, broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is God's new covenant, sealed with my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in memory of me. And so what is an important part of the observance of Yahushua's supper? The Bible says not only must we do it, eat the bread, drink the juice. We cannot do it mindlessly, but mindfully, right? What does that mean? When we eat our share and drink our share, we must do it in memory of who? Yahushua. We need to remember Yahushua. We need to remember his death. We need to remember his suffering. This is why we have these symbols in the Yahushua Supper. 
So that when people ask, what is the bread for? Oh, it's because of the, bro the broken, bruised body of Yerusha, the suffering. What is the cup for? It represents the blood that was shed for our sins so that under the new covenant, we have eternal redemption and we can receive the eternal inheritance. You see, so those are talking points, right? And so when we celebrate, when we observe Yahushua's Passover, we need to speak about what Yahushua has done and continues to do on our behalf. We say this because there are some who say, you no longer need to preach the word of God. Now you need to have a sermon when you partake of the Holy Supper. And so it becomes a very casual partaking of the supper. You just eat the bread and drink the cup. They go to the house, eat the bread, drink the cup. That's it. No teaching of the word of God. But we do know, because we need to do this in, to remember Yahushua, that we need to present what he did. For example, during the Old Testament, when they celebrated the Passover, the festivals, what was an important part of those celebrations? Exodus 13, 8 to 10, on the seventh day, you must explain to your children. You have to explain. There's an explanation part. What do you call that? It's like preaching, right? You're proclaiming. I am celebrating what Yahuwah did for me when I left Egypt. This annual festival will be a visible sign to you, like a mark branded on your hand or on your forehead. Let it remind you always to recite this teaching of Yahuwah with a strong hand. Yahuwah rescued you from Egypt, so observe the decree of this festival at the appointed time each year. So during the days of the Old Testament, when Israel was set free from bondage in Egypt, there was a festival, right? The purpose of the festival was to become a visible sign, talking points, so that people can talk about what Yahuwah did. And so it's the same thing with Yahushua's Passover, with Yahushua's Supper, right? We have these symbols that we talk about to remember what Yahushua has done, to memorialize the sacrifice of our king, Yahushua. This is why in Corinthians 11, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is God's new covenant, sealed with my blood whenever you drink it do so in memory of me this means that every time you eat this bread and drink from this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes so there's a proclaiming also not just by the action of eating and drinking but also by preaching about the sacrifice and death of our king yahushua so when we observe yahushua's supper we're not just going to casually eat and drink we're going to also preach the word of God. There's going to be a sermon, a preaching of the words of Yahuwah Abba. Because there are those who say, well, when Yahushua uh, established the Yahushua Supper, he did not preach a sermon. He did. He was preaching the whole time. And then he took a break and said, okay, eat this. And, but if you read the, 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 the gospel account, he was preaching. That whole passage was him preaching. And people miss that point and say, oh, there's no need to preach. And what also did Yahushua do? Let's read Mark 14, 22, 26. They were eating. Yahushua took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take it, take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth. I will not drink wine again until the day I drank it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Not only was there preaching, not only did Yahushua 
preach because right all this is preaching right before this and after this Yahushua is still preaching and then afterwards what do they do they sang a hymn because there are those who say well when Yahushua established the, the last supper or Yahushua's supper there was no hymn singing there was hymn singing and what is the purpose of him singing how should we sing the hymns Colossians 3 16 Christ's message in all its richness must live in your hearts teach and instruct one another with all wisdom sing psalms hymns and sacred songs sing to God with thanksgiving in your hearts what's the purpose of the hymn singing so that from our heart we can express our thankfulness we can express praise from our heart to Yahuwah and to Yahusha. And we do this by singing hymns. Hymn singing is always a part of honoring Yahusha. So we sing to honor Yahusha. And so when we sing hymns, for example, on the day we celebrate our festivals, when we look and hear the message of the hymns, it communicates the message of Yahusha, his sacrifice and death on the cross because if we partake of the supper what must we do what must we be able to do as far as our relationship with Yahushua is concerned Corinthians eleven twenty seven. it follows that if one of you eats the Lord's bread or drinks from his cup in a way that dishonors him you are guilty of sin against the Lord's body and blood and so if we're going to partake of the supper and we just physically eat the bread or drink from the juice and we don't listen to a message that proclaims the purpose of his sacrifice and death, or we don't sing hymns that honor Yahusha, then we end up dishonoring him. We don't want to do that. We want to honor Yahusha. How do we honor someone when we preach about him, when we preach what he has done, right? We honor him. And if we sing about what he has done, praise him because of what he has done, we honor him. And so we don't simply and casually take the bread and drink from the juice. No, we do this in the context of reverence and awe by preaching and by him singing. Okay, this is why there is going to be a hymn singing included when to honor Yahusha when we partake of our share of Yahusha's supper. Now, is there a special offering to be given? Because we know it's a special occasion. And we have been trained over the years, special occasion. We, we want to express thankfulness to Yahuwah, to Yahusha. Do we give a special offering? Well, what is the will of Yahuwah? What is the pattern that he has given us? In the book of Deuteronomy 16, 16, and 17, each year, every man in Israel must celebrate these three festivals. The festival of unleavened bread, the festival of harvest, and the festival of shelters remember the three festivals and so the people of israel they would go to jerusalem this is why on these three occasions there's millions and millions of people in jerusalem because they all pilgrimage there and even during during this time 2022 you have people who are quote-unquote yahudim or jews right they come from different places of the world and they travel during the months of april june and September, October, because of these three festivals. The first one is the Festival of Unleavened Bread, right? Which, is, which comprises the Passover and the seven days. And then you have Fest Festival of Harvest, which is Pentecost. And you have Festival of Shelters, which is the Trumpets, Day of Awe, or the uh, Day of Atoning. And then we have the 
uh, shelters, right? And so three special festivals, three special occasions. And the Bible says on each of these occasions, all men must appear before Yahuwah, your God, at the place he chooses. Where is that place he chooses? That place he chooses is Yahusha's body. We meet as an assembly. We meet as a body in Yahusha, right? But they must not appear before Yahuwah without a gift brought for him. All must give as they are able according to the blessings given to them by Yahuwah, your God. So if you were to ask the Bible, when we celebrate the festivals, does Yahuwah God expect a special offering? The Bible says, yes, because the Bible says you must not appear before Yahuwah without a gift for him. And so according to how, how according to our capability and according to the blessings given to us by Yahuwah, we give our sacrifice of offering. However, at the same time, we all know when it comes to giving in the assembly of Yahusha, we follow what Apostle Paul taught. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So your heart will decide the offering that is to be given. We will not be the one to tell you what you're going to give. That's entirely up to you. Now, how can I observe Yahushua's Supper with the assembly? Like what we said, it has to be done through the internet. There are some places where some families meet together for the celebration. These are certainly what we want. Uh, hopefully, within by next year, uh, we can practice meeting in one general place where we can all gather together. Hopefully, Yahuwah wills. Uh, we will be completely behind uh, this COVID situation, but we never know. It's entirely up to the will of Yahuwah. But for now, we are going to assemble together uh, using the technology of the internet. So you need to have the Zoom ID. We're not going to broadcast this via Facebook Live. Okay, This is not Facebook Live. This is only through Zoom ID because when you participate, your camera is going to be on. And it's focused on your table and the bread so we can all see it. And you will have to give us a signal. Uh, if you're not ready, you have to give us a signal. And so you can do that with the Zoom, right? So it's gonna be more interaction uh, in that case, like what we did last year. So to get the Zoom ID, you first have to go to the website, right? Click on the events page and register because when you register, we give you the Zoom ID, and that's what you're going to use. So how can we use Zoom? If you don't, if you're not familiar with Zoom, um, take some time to familiarize yourself with Zoom now. So if you have a laptop, uh, you can go to zoom.us and it, you know just go to your search tab or your search bar, whatever browser you're using, Safari or Chrome or Internet Explorer, just go to the search bar and type in zoom.us and it will take you to this page, the Zoom main page, and you can sign up, it's free, right? Once you have you, you signed up, you can go ahead and fill in whatever is required of you and you have a new account, sign up and then it will take you to this page. Now, if you have a Zoom account, you will have this page and you click on join. See that big plus button right there? Click on the join 
join meeting, and then you just plug in, plug in the uh, Zoom ID that you will provide, and then you will you will be in Zoom. Now, once you're in Zoom, you can raise your hand. Okay, there's a uh, an icon for a hand that you can use to raise your hand. If, for example, we're going to we're going to announce, okay, is anyone not yet ready? Because we're going to pray soon. You can raise your hand and say we need more time to consume or to eat our bread or to drink from the juice. Okay, so that's what we're going to use. We're going to use Zoom and not Facebook Live, but Zoom. That way we can make sure that those who are going to participate um, are not those who are going to mock what we're doing, but those who are truly and faithfully doing this. Okay, so what if we have our Zoom uh, worship service and then we lose connection, right? Sometimes that might happen. So in the event we lose connection, what shall I do? Well, first of all, remain calm, right? Just remain calm. I mean, Yahuwah knows you were there initially. Yahuwah knows that you want to worship. Number two, try to reconnect if you can, okay? But if you're unable to reconnect after 10 minutes, then the head of the household, whoever's leading, you can pray for the bread, pray for the juice, ask Yahuwah to bless it, okay? And then partake of the meal in remembrance of King Yahusha. And after partaking, after praying, ask for Yahuwah's blessings and then bury any of the leftovers okay so that's how we prepare we prepare the bread we prepare the cup we prepare the venue we prepare the internet but most of all we have to prepare ourselves right so how do we prepare ourselves spiritually before we partake of yahusha's supper corinthians uh 11 27 to 28 so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the lord that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. And so how can we prepare ourselves so that when we partake of Yahushua's Supper, we will not be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord? The Bible says we have to examine ourselves, right? Don't examine someone else. Examine self. And in our worship service this coming weekend, we're going to teach you how we can prepare ourselves for our worship service, for our observance of Yahushua's Supper. One essential component is examining self so that we can repent. See, the purpose of examining self is not just to examine self for the sake of, for the sake of examining self, right? The purpose of examining self is so that we can repent. So that if we discover something that we know Yahuwah does not want to see in us, we change our ways. That's the purpose of examining self, to renew our way of life. What also must we do? Bible says, do this in remembrance of me. And so in this week-long preparation that we have, because we only have about a week left, right? How many days do we have left? Nine days. So beginning today, you know, let's begin to examine self. Every day, let's examine self. You can even keep a journal. These are the things that I need to improve on my life. Examine self for the purpose of getting better, becoming holier, okay? And at the same time, let us also remember Yahusha and his suffering. So I would advise meditate on these passages, Isaiah 53, Psalms 22, and John 19. 
read those passages in the Bible, Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, and John 19, so that we can, it can help us throughout the week remember suffering and death of our King, Yahushua. Also, we have our preparatory prayer that will begin this coming Thursday. Okay, this coming Thursday, April 7, up to April 13, we will have Yahushua's Passover preparatory prayer. And this is at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it begins this coming Thursday, right before our BHP, Bible History Project. And so that's what we can also do to prepare ourselves. What else? In Hebrews 10, 25 to 26, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there's no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. And so the apostles are telling us that we must not neglect the habit of meeting together. What is that habit of meeting together? That's our congregational worship service that we hold every Sabbath, right? So we set up our Sabbath. That's when we gather together as a congregation through Zoom, Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. We meet together online to worship Yahuwah and Yahushua. The Bible says we should not neglect this meeting together. The Bible says we must not deliberately continue sinning because if we do that there no longer is a sacrifice left to cover these sins you know the, the meeting together our ability to meet together for worship that is so important to Yahuwah and to Yahushua because if we for example we have been we have been given the privilege to serve and to worship because of the shed blood of Yahushua right which is one of the reasons why we are partaking of Yahushua's supper. We want to recognize and acknowledge the sacrifice of Yahushua, that his blood brought for us eternal redemption so that we can serve and worship Yahuwah and meet together for worship. But the Bible says, if we continue to purposely neglect the assembling of ourselves together, in Hebrews 10, verse 29, it says, just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God. And take note, have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. Bible says we can do one of two things. We can honor the sacrifice of Yahusha, right? We can honor uh, the blood of the covenant, which is what we do when we partake of the supper, right? Or we can dishonor it. How do you dishonor it? When we cheat, when we regard it as common and unholy, how do we do that? When we regard as common and unholy our worship gatherings, because the shed blood of Yahushua purchased for us the privilege to meet together for worship. We, we cannot, brother, we cannot underestimate the importance of worshiping together. We cannot say, I don't have time for worship. When that's the purpose for why we were made, for congregational worship, for personal worship, but we need to meet together as a people, as a body. 
because that's the purpose of the blood of Yahusha, so that we can be brought near as a, as a people of God. And so if we're going to purposely miss and neglect our worship, then we're saying it's the sacrifice of Yahushua is cheap and common, and we don't want to do that. So every time we neglect it, it's like we're proclaiming the blood of Yahushua is really not that important. We don't want to do that. And so let us recommit ourselves. If in the past we haven't been present when we meet together for worship, let us make a commitment, a promise to Yahuwah, to Yahushua, but from now on, we will be committed in worshiping together. And so, how in summary, how can we prepare spiritually before observing Yahushua's Supper? Number one, examine ourselves for true repentance so that we can renew our life. Number two, remember the suffering and death of our King, Yahushua. What passages should we review and meditate upon? Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, John 19, and many more. What else? Join the week-long preparatory prayer. What else? Let's commit ourselves in wholehearted worship every Sabbath. Let us set that day apart where we will gather together for worship. Also, if we truly want to be prepared for our upcoming Yahushua's um, Supper, let us attend also this coming Tuesday, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we have a rehearsal. Tuesday, we have a rehearsal, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, not today, obviously, but next Tuesday, because after Tuesday becomes Wednesday, and then Thursday is our Passover. Okay, so Tuesday we have our rehearsal. And so, in our rehearsal, how do we rehearse for that? How do we rehearse for Yahushua's Passover? How do we rehearse for Yahushua's Supper? How do we rehearse for the day when Yahushua returns? Colossians, the final passage of our studies today. Colossians 3, 16 and 17, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do, whatever you say, right? Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Yahusha, giving thanks to him, to God the Father. And so how do we rehearse for Yahusha's supper? How do we rehearse for Yahusha's second coming? How do we rehearse for Yahusha's appearing? Let us do so by living our life, filled, filled with the message about Christ. That means everything we say and everything we do we should do it as a representative of our Lord, Yahusha. You want to please Yahusha? This is how we live. You want to please Yahuwah Abba? This is how we live. We live our life, and our life reflects the love, the mercy, the compassion that Yahusha showed us. And so everything we do should teach people about Yahusha. That's the one I want to meet, right? We don't want to misrepresent our king in any way. Let us show the love and kindness and mercy and compassion that he showed us to everyone that we interact with across the board, whether it be at school, at work, in the playground, on the freeway, the store, wherever we go, let us represent our king Yahusha by what we do and by what we say, okay? 
That is our lesson for tonight. Let us all stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, Yahuwah, our loving Allahim, thank you for blessing our Bible study tonight. We are preparing for the supper that was given to us by your son. One that you have thought of and planned for long ago, even before the creation of the world. For you created all things for him and through him. And now that you have given him to us because of your love for your people, we will celebrate and observe that important time as we commemorate his sacrifice on the cross. Yahusha, our king, we are here now. Soon we will partake of your supper. Before we do so, in the week that remains in our preparation, may you fill our minds and our hearts with kindness, compassion, and love. And may you teach us to remember properly the sacrifice that you have made. We know our limited minds cannot possibly process what you had to endure on the cross when you had become a curse and a sin for our sake. And so we ask you through the power of your spirit, may you manifest in us just how loud, how large and great, how long and wide and deep your love is for us. Yahusha, our king, may you please teach us to be like you, to represent you to the world, to shine brightly before all. Loving Mashiach, may you teach us to repent. May you teach us to examine self and to embrace the suffering that you endured, that even if we must partake of that suffering, so be it, so long as we can remain in fellowship with you. Father, we ask and beg of you, remember your people. When we assemble together, as your people, your sons and daughters, many who will partake of the supper will be enduring many afflictions, sometimes sicknesses, diseases, many enduring hardship and poverty, whatever may be our afflictions in life. On that day, we implore you, loving Abba, show your kindness. Show your compassion. Heal us. Strengthen us. And help us that we may taste your goodness. That we may receive your spirit that will strengthen each and every one of us. We ask that on that day when we will partake of the supper. That you will touch the hearts of our children. That they will know the importance of this occasion. That because of what you have done, loving Abba, we can be free from sin and be embraced by your spirit. To be embraced by you and long and receive the promised eternal inheritance. Mm -hmm. Father, thank you for listening to our prayers. Bless all of us in our preparations. And especially bless all of us on the days of our observances. We believe, Father, that you have listened to our prayers. We ask everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen.